Fields flushed out of the pocket. Throws into the end zone, and it's caught. Horstead on the touchdown for the Bears. The veteran Romo deals. Drill deep to left field. Going back counter. Turning, looking. See ya. A two-run home run for Judge. And the Yankees are in it. They still have a heartbeat. It's 3-2 A's. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, everybody? And welcome to the Tap Room Sports, a sports podcast unlike any other podcast around. That's right, because it's about two of the greatest things on this planet, sports and beer. I am your host, Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks Flats. Here is always with my partner in crime, Mr. Big Falling Ben Larson. What's going on tonight, Ben? How much, man? As always, enjoying myself, enjoying some beer. Got a good day out at a, at a brewery today to watch my Giants get the uh, shit beat out of them. But, you know. Uh, it hasn't happened much this year, though. That's very true. And then I uh, got to watch the Giants or the uh, 49ers kind of destroy on the uh, the Raiders. So I know it means yeah, but... nothing. It's preseason. But, uh, man, a W is a W. So I'll take it. Man, I got I to gotta say, man, you Niner fans are hilarious, dude. Because <laughs> I'm when serious, we win, like, it's a good thing. When we when we lose, it, there's always a problem. Well, not necessarily you. You're you're one of the outliers, to be honest. But all over social media, obviously, I grew up in the Bay Area, so a lot of people I know are Niner fans. A lot of people are Raider fans. I know a lot yeah. more Niner fans than I know Raider fans. So, and they're all like, even before the game even kicked off, dude, they're like talking shit. Like I'm like, oh, yeah. it's a preseason game, dude. Yep. Like. It doesn't Always. even mean anything. Yep. It, uh, yeah. I, mean, I don't. I don't really like preseason games too much in general. So I don't think there's any base. You, I mean, you can't take any basis on you know a, a team that plays you know their starters for. I mean, uh, most of the games this weekend, the starters got a drive. And well, the Raiders didn't even fly a lot even, of their starters yeah. to the yep. game. Yep. So I, I mean, you just can't. You can't take any bit of, you know, preseason really into account other than, you know, like you've said in the past, just making sure that the young players are growing from a week to week basis and getting that time, getting those reps and yeah, it was good. How was, how was your weekend? How was, uh, how was your week drinking beer? Uh, week was good, man. We had a solid week, solid weekend, had a great betting night last night. I mean, yeah. phenomenal. Had one of my best days in a long time. Had a good week. You know, we went 5-0-1 oh, on Square Sharks on on Wednesday, and then we went 2-3 and three on Friday. So, you know, we were 8-3-1 and one on the week, which is beautiful. Or 7-3-1, seven, seven, I'm sorry. Yep. Um, but, yeah, man, you know, I had to – can't believe I fucking tortured myself watching that fucking shit show of an exhibition boxing match, which we're <laughs> going to talk about later. Yeah. I got a lot to sound off on that. It's a lot of MLB a stuff. More than five minutes. <laughs> uh, it's definitely going over five minutes, dude. Uh, we got a lot of MLB to talk about. We got some interesting things going on in Major League Baseball right now. Um, yeah. And of course, man, I'm I'm here drinking some 
well tonight i'm drinking my first one is a very very strong beer but tell everybody <laughs> about the about the beer man about the beer it's, aspect of the show it's funny because i'm going the complete opposite and i have a super light beer um but uh but yeah for everyone who doesn't know and you know just a refresher for those who do Jordan and I love beer just as much as we love sports. So we really, I mean, we want to pass that on to you and we want you to go out and try your local breweries, try those, uh, you know, those different beers that maybe you haven't, you know, tried before get a beer that, you know, has great can art, you know, your can art is never going to, you know, take away from a beer. Your, your beer might be not so great, even though it has great art, but, Great can art could definitely extenuate a beer and, uh, you know, just make it that much better. So try them. If anything, you're going to pour out a beer and that's okay too. Um, and it doesn't mean it's a bad beer. It just means you don't like that taste, but we want you out there trying it. We want you out there visiting and supporting your local brewery. So we are going to let you guys know what we think is a good beer and what is a bad beer. Um, I mentioned earlier, I went out to brewery today. So my first is going to be from a local, but, uh, I'm I'm kind of excited to hear about yours because I've gotten I'm hints. <laughs> I've gotten hints of what it is, but tell me what's your first beer and then I'll get into mine. All right. So first of all, I bought this beer because the can art was amazing and See, it's from a brewery and it's from a brewery that I love for, and it's out of Revision Brewing Company from Reno, Nevada. Yep. Done a done a handful of their beers on this show. Um, and so I grabbed it. I come home, getting ready to record pull the can out, pop it open, and I smell it, and I'm like, hmm, this is really strong, and I read the can, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fuck my life, dude. This is a West Coast-style triple IPA called the Sucker Triple. Coming in at 11.5%. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So uh, if I'm slurring my words, and I haven't – I've only had one beer before this, and it was a Pilsner. Uh, while I was watching the fight. So I'm not drunk at all. And I ate. So if I'm slurring my words halfway through the show, y'all know full, y'all know why. Full fully because that 11%. That's funny. <laughs> That's right. What are you sipping on, Ben? Nice. I'm going with uh so I went over to Hoppus today. It's a uh, a brewery out in uh in San Jose. And um this is one I tried today. I tried two beers. I tried that and I tried their uncut gem, which is a uh what was it an amber um and they're both really good so i wanted to bring at least one of them back um so this is the what is it barbie's blonde ale um and this is coming in at 4.5 percent. so the whole other side of the spectrum from where you're at um blondes are, are going to be that uh that kind of multi that um you know light to medium bodied beer so you know it's it's going to be one that you can definitely like put down during you know, during the summertime, um, super easy drinking. So, um, I figured I'd start with this one and then I got a fun one, uh, for, for beer number two for the night. So definitely stoked about it. Make sure to go to Tavour, everybody. Um, if you use promo code Taproom on Tavour's, uh, website or on their app, you get 10 bucks off your first purchase of 25 or more. Um, so definitely go visit that out, try those new beers. Cause there are, I mean, there's some great stuff on there. Absolutely great stuff. Well, let's Hell get into yeah. some, some sports, man. Let's definitely get into some, some sports. Uh, so first, we're going to talk NFL because end of preseason was this week. We have about we have start a college football season next week, and then we have NFL the week after. Ben's going to be out here. We're going to be doing a live show out here for 
to kick off college football. Also got some other big announcements that will be made during that time. But first big item that we need to talk about, uh, Gardner Minshew traded. All right. Trevor Lawrence named the starter day after they trade Gardner Minshew to the Eagles for a sixth round pick, which could be a fifth round pick if he starts 50% of the games for the Eagles. Yep. So what do you think this means for Jalen Hurts' time in Philadelphia moving forward? I mean, I think it's the it's the complete opposites of of what we have in both of these you know situations. I think with Philly, you have uh, you you have that backup in somebody that can definitely start games who can take you at least to be a decent a but, decent QB. But the one thing I, is, I mean, though, Ben, is, is Philly already has that backup in Flacco. He could still start games. Flacco's not. He looked good in that third preseason game. He went 17 of 19. He did not. uh, Yeah, but then, but it's, it's against the second and third string guys. Anybody, especially with Flacco. I mean, dude, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's still Uh, a decent. How many decent is, I mean, he's not good. I mean, but what we really have to look at is the way that what this does to Jalen Hurts. And I think this is what the problem is going to be. And the problem that we had in, in, uh, in Miami last year is that there's going to be a quality game ready starter ready backup. So if any, any little problem happens, boom, Jalen's gone. And I think that's what Jacksonville did really well with this trade is they're, they're giving the reins to Lawrence. They're saying, Lawrence, you've got this. If there's troubles, we're going to stick with you. We're going to grow with you. And, and this is going to be your team. Philly's not doing that whatsoever and it it just shows the lack of trust that they have in Jalen and you know I don't really I mean there's nothing to really combat that he hasn't shown that he is a legit number one starting QB yeah um so first I want to address the Philly portion the reason why I brought up Joe Flacco is because I think Philly has three backup quarterbacks. <laughs> you know, I think they got yeah. Flacco, Hurts, yeah. and Minshew. I think all those guys are backup quarterbacks. I don't think yep. neither of those guys are starting caliber quarterbacks on winning teams. Mm-hmm. We've obviously seen what Gardner Minshew can do. I mean, he's had a decent uh, two years to his career. Obviously, the Jaguars as a team were fucking dog shit last year. But his first mm-hmm. year, you know, he threw for, what, 24 touchdowns, uh, six interceptions or something, completed 68% of his passes. He's completing 62% of his passes in his career. And that's compared to Jalen Hurts, who only played one preseason game, went three for seven. That adds on to how he was dog shit last year. Didn't even complete 52% of his passes last year. And if you're not completing over, if you're not completing near 60% at the NFL level, you're not going to make it. And, For me, you know, rumors come out last week, which we talked about on APR of the Eagles, you know, wanting to trade for Deshaun Watson. Report comes out yesterday. Deshaun Watson said he will not waive his no trade clause (laughs) to play for the Eagles, (laughs) which is comic. Uh, But I mean, this this all speaks volumes to that. They don't think Jalen Hurts is a guy at all. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of why I love that under six wins for the Eagles. I think this is a throwaway year for them, dude. I think they... You know, they have a lot of contracts coming off the books at the end of the year, and they need to reset, dude. They got a lot of old players. The offensive line is bang, still sucks. Yep. Uh, you know, they got a lot of issues to worry about. And I mean, I, I think this just 
I think this already signals that Jalen Hurts is a, a backup at the NFL level, dude. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's part of the reason why they did go out and get Minshew is because Minshew is not owed, I mean, basically anything. Nothing. Uh, yeah. 850K this year, 995 and 65K next year. So, you know, he and he's still a capable starter. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was just looking this up too right now as you were talking. Man, what nicknames here? Mustache or the Jockstrap King? Like uh, Minshew Mania, baby. Minshew Mania, too. Yeah. Um, not listed on Pro Football Reference as one of his nicknames, but Mustache and Jockstrap King. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, you're right. He's not a true number one either. And neither is Flacco and neither is Hurt. So it's. Uh, they got a bunch yeah. of backups. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not going to be a pretty year. It's not going to be a pretty year at all. What do you think about it coming from a Jacksonville side? I mean, for Jacksonville, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. They're giving Trevor Lawrence the reins. I think it's the best thing to do. Trevor Lawrence went out there today and looked phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, oh, I great. Mean, he, yeah, he, he, Absolutely looked, great. he looked like the best quarterback in the draft, you know, and yep. that's what I expect of him. And, and let's be honest, dude, Jacksonville is not going to be good this year, right? They're over under win totals only only six wins so they're not yeah. going to be a winning organization but you have to allow your quarterback to go through those ups and downs yeah you have yeah. to absolutely and now i think getting gardner Minshew out of his shadow and saying hey trevor this is your franchise dude here's the keys you're the fucking guy yep you know i think that's gonna pay dividends in the long run well and they have two young guys too we i mean we saw it today i, I guess beathead um you know Beth he's gonna be there back too. yeah um you know he's not too young but then you got jake lutton there too who came in last year for those couple games and he i mean he really played well so i think you can still have a little bit of a push from those back backup qbs to you know make lawrence you know better and and well, give the, him some competition the one thing least. with with the one thing with CJ Behard is that he he may not be old by any stretch of the imagination, but he is a seasoned backup veteran. True. You know, it's a voice in the quarterback room that's been there. He's yep. seen the coverages. You know, he and he doesn't, he's not fighting for Trevor Lawrence's job. He he's sure. content yep. being a backup quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's a perfect situation for them. Whereas, you know, Gardner Minshew is a fringe. I, I mean, I think he's a backup, but he's still a capable starter in the league, dude. He's proved yeah. it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so for Jalen Hurts, you know, he's got to have eyes on the back of his head. Like you said, you know, the second things go awry with him, dude, he out, Minshew's yep. in. And then as far as Trevor Lawrence is concerned, you know, Lawrence is the guy going forward. See, what do you think about – Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just, I, I don't think that gives Hurts the opportunity to grow and to be a true starting quarterback. And I think that's, but, you know, that's the problem that a lot of these teams face is that their QBs are on such short leashes well, that. The only thing I'll say about that is that he had a whole off season to grow. And to me, when they went out to try and trade for Deshaun Watson, that showed me that like they didn't see the growth from him, that he basically is yeah. what he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if normally, especially because the GM that drafted him is still there, right? And he they drafted him in the second round. So the last thing they want to do 
is really just like move on but you also have to cut ties early you can't just sit on a guy and and fail and fail and fail so it kind of tells me like you know they they definitely don't believe in him I mean for sure they don't believe in him based on what they've been doing yeah but at the same time it is the Eagles so who the fuck knows maybe he goes somewhere else and (laughs) and does better but and balls out yeah so we had another quarterback situation go down this last week. We had Teddy Bridgewater named the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos by Vic Fangio, the head coach. What do you think about the Broncos starting Teddy Bridgewater, Ben? I mean, I think this is a, another situation where you got to let your young QB have a little bit more opportunity here. I mean, they've got a great defensive core that will help you win games. You don't need a QB that's going to be, you know, lights out you know, over, over the top. And I think this is just going to do horrible things to Locke's, you know, energy and, and his belief in himself. And, you know, if, if it's as close as Fangio was saying, I mean, why not go with the young guy? Why not go with, you know, someone who isn't a, I mean, I don't want to say Bridgewater is more of a backup than, a starter but to me Bridgewater's been around like he can play that backup role I mean just he starts for Carolina last year and Carolina was quick to get rid of him you know what I mean like they're like all right this guy ain't the answer they brought in Darnold to replace him Mm -hmm. they think Darnold's a better option than uh than Teddy Bridgewater and the the thing with Teddy Bridgewater, and this is why I wasn't surprised. This is why I was not surprised that Vic Fangio named him the starting quarterback, is because Vic Fangio, as you know, Ben, being a Niners fan, he was the he was the defensive coordinator for those yeah. Niners teams with Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman and company. You know, he's a defensive guy. He wants the quarterback that isn't going to turn the ball over. He wants the quarterback that is just going to play it safe yeah. and not lose ball games. And that's what Teddy Bridgewater does. He doesn't. He doesn't make incredible plays. He's not going to win you a ball game, but he certainly isn't going to lose you a ball game. He's not going to make enough plays down the field to do so. Yeah, just that status quo. Right. I think this is going to be an issue, though, in this division because in this division they have to play Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and regardless of what people want to say about the Raiders, the Raiders are a top-10 offense in the league. They were last year. Yeah. They put up points. Yeah. So they are going to have to score points. Yeah. So at some point yeah. they're that's six of their games is against that, that division. So at some point they're going to have to transition to Drew Locke because Teddy Bridgewater is not going to give them enough offense to put up points because those quarterbacks that I just mentioned and those offenses, they score on everybody. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. Yep. Last year, Denver's defense was only 23rd. Yes, they were banged up, but you still have Von Miller a year older now. You know, Bradley Chubb hasn't seen – he's shown nothing to say that he's going to be healthy his entire career. So how do we know how good that defense is going to be exactly? They're yeah. going to have to score points. Yeah. And outside of that, their division, I mean, they still have a, a tough schedule there too. I mean, you've got, you know, the Bengals coming in late in the season when, when Burrow might be, you know, a little bit more active, you've got the Cowboys, you've got Washington, who's going to have just as big of a defense there. Um, you know, so they're not going to allow points. You've got the Browns, which have been, you know, really, you know, stepping up at least since the last year and, and the end of the previous year, you've got the Steelers in the beginning of the year, they're going to put up points, the Ravens, like 
Giants possibly. We'll have to see about that. It's week one, so anything can you know can happen in that game. But you're you're 100 right there, and you know it's going to be the games versus the Jets. It's going to be the games versus the Eagles and the Lions. You know where Bridgewater is going to be perfectly fine because those don't have those dynamic offenses to really put up anything that you know is substantial to be in a point where they can lose that game. Well, the thing is, is you have to win your division. Like to win your division, you have to beat the teams in your division. You can't go zero yeah. and six in your division and win your division. Yeah, like it just doesn't. It's never happened in the history of this sport. So I think the Broncos are well off from winning the division. No, I, I mean even with a if they had a top level QB, I think they're well, still a wide receiver short. I still I think they're still no because they have Cortland Sutton, back. Jerry Judy, and they have Noah Fant. Like they have a they have a good offense. And that's why that's why it was shocking to me. And Drew Locke was good during the preseason. He was he looked better than Teddy Bridgewater, which is why I was like, all right, why are they doing this? Well, I mean, I just, like I said, I understand why they're doing it. But yeah. I think I do think when I was thinking about this this week, I do think that it's an easier transition to go from Bridgewater to Locke than from Locke to Bridgewater. And I know I said opposite last week. But I was thinking about it, and it's like, all right, if if Drew Locke goes in and then he's losing you games and you go to Teddy Bridgewater, it's going to be tough to go back to Drew Locke. But if you go Bridgewater and he's not scoring enough points, like I said, and you need a bigger arm out there and you go to Drew Locke, it's easier to make that transition because it's like, hey, Teddy, you just don't make enough plays, bro. I'm sorry. We got to get the guy in there that's going to force some issues. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I still think that's a that's a tough situation because you're going and you're you're saying you're not good enough. We're gonna bring this uh, this other guy in, and then, well, I guess you're not good enough is still better. So I think that's when you need to then go out and and get somebody who actually is good enough. And well, I think yeah, I don't think either I, of these guys are their long term answer. Yeah, I, I think that's again. Although I, I do think, think Drew Lock has think, good upside. I do think he has upside. Yeah, really, his, his biggest issue Broncos is like, not... I'm sorry, his his biggest issue has always been that he just tries to make impossible throws. Like he tries yeah. to make throws that Mahomes makes and that, yeah. that's throws that Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers make. Like only two guys that do it. He just needs some, he can still make good plays. Like he could throw, he has a strong arm. Like he just needs to take some more simple approaches instead of forcing stuff sometimes you do need to take the check down yeah but in teddy bridgewater's case that dude don't ever try to take chances at all he only checks it down he's throwing the ball like three yards per pass yeah you know what i mean so that's the that's where the broncos are going to run into an issue unless for some reason they rush for like you know like the niners do and they just control the great the game on the ground then who knows yeah i don't see that with i don't see it happening though yeah yeah. All right, so what's your what's your biggest worry heading into the regular season, whether it's a team, player, uh, you know, anything? Um, I kind of have two. I think this first is going to be um, all of these teams that are going to get slow starts because they haven't played their starters. Um, I, no I think we've thing. seen a lot of uh, a lot of teams this year, um, and you know, maybe it's just being more cognizant of that but no such thing as what no such thing as uh players missing to be because 
I mean, dude, the Rams never start their starters in preseason. Two years ago, they didn't start their starters. They go out and they go in the Super Bowl. Three years yeah. ago, sorry, three years ago. I think that's I think that's a, a more of a one-off situation here. Um, uh, maybe it's just me. I've seen this year seems so much more um, noticeable that a lot of these these players, these starters, aren't in the lineup, and you know, especially with uh, being back in a regular schedule, not a, a short turnaround um, on the season, you know, like they did last year. Um, you know, or, you know, no OTAs and, uh, and preseason last year, I think it's more important for them to get, you know, to, to get some snaps in, to get some things, uh, you know, going and moving. Um, so I'm a little bit worried about those, you know, those teams. Um, but uh, really what I'm worried about is, is Dallas, um, you know, with, you know, their, their big QB, their big moneymaker. Um, you know, we talked about it with the shoulder issue. Um, not being hundred percent, not getting any reps for the last what year and a half. And now he's expected to go in and, and really do work. And I think that's part of the, you know, that, that aura that Dallas gives um, is that it is, you know, expecting success and, you know, as all teams should definitely expect success, but I mean, you're going to be putting a lot of weight on uh on Dak's shoulder and when it's already not at a hundred percent that um, that worries me a little bit there. So he's, he's got the wide receivers to make those catches that won't be perfect. But I mean, if we see a, a slow year from Zeke, like we did last year um, you know, that, that big, you know, two, three headed monster that we saw two years ago in the beginning of last year, you know, that's, that's nothing to worry about anymore. Yeah. My biggest worry is Joe Burrow. Sure. Uh, a lot of reports coming today. out, a lot of reports coming out too from preseason camp that, you know, he just not looking too good, not looking too confident, just mentally not all there. Uh, so I am worried. And I said, when he got injured last year, I was like, dude, this is a type of shit that happens in your rookie year where like you don't come back from because it just mentally fucks with you, dude. Yeah. We, we see it often. So that's my biggest worry. What's your well and biggest and water, uh, water bottle, right? His Jamar chase, Jamar chase, excuse me. Um, you know, even he's not having connections with chase, um, you know, only one pass today and it was dropped and it shouldn't have been dropped. And, you know, chase is, I mean, he's, he's got a case of the drops, which is not good when you're, you know, the fifth overall pick. Yeah, he's definitely out of some case of the drops. It also looks like he's afraid to get hit, which is never good. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, Randy Moss was good for his whole career. He's afraid to get hit. Um, what's your biggest surprise, though, so far? Um, that's a tough one. Uh, biggest surprise so far, I'd say probably on, the play of the Ravens. The spot. Probably the play of the Ravens. Um, they win every preseason game, though they've won like 20 preseason true. games in a row. <laughs> that's, that's just very incredible. True. Um, you know, there's a, a plus 54 score differential in those three games, I think is, is huge. Um, it, you know, I'd probably put 
I'm surprised how bad the NFC East is again. <laughs> I know it's only preseason, but Cowboys 0 and 4, Giants 3 0 and 3, Philly 0 2 and 1, Washington 1 and 2. Like again, I know it's preseason, but not looking good for that division again. Um, oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm surprised at the Patriots. I think the Patriots are looking great. Um, yeah. I was definitely surprised at that, and more so their offense. I mean, we've we've talked about how their defense is going to be good. I still don't think they're going to be top five in the league, but uh, I'll I'll wear that Trey jersey, uh, nice and proud. But, uh, you know, their offense it has been what's impressed me. Now it's time for them to step it up versus the number one defenses. Um, and that's going to be a little bit more difficult there. Yeah, my biggest surprise has been Zach Wilson, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a guy that before the first preseason game, we were getting reports uh, from fans in attendance at practice saying yeah. that he looked like total shit. And he's arguably looked like the best rookie quarterback in yeah in the draft so far so obviously it's only preseason i want to get ahead of myself but still been a big surprise um before we move on to baseball ben i do want to make you feel old real quick oh geez here we go 25 years ago today tiger woods made his professional debut august 29th 1996 tiger woods turns professional that came out of nowhere, especially when we're talking football. Yeah, no, I had it written down here, and I just I I wanted to say it sometime during the show. I felt like this <laughs> so was a good <laughs> point during the transition. I mean, that's incredible, dude. Twenty five okay. years ago, bro, it doesn't even feel yeah. like that long. Damn, and he's been through a lot of pain meds, a lot of uh, issues lot, with his dude. wife. Like, uh, man, do you think he's ever going to get back on the course professionally? Yeah. Yeah. He'll play again, dude. I don't know if he'll win again, but yeah. It's crazy because he's like one of the most dominant professional athletes of our lifetime, dude. Like, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Saying like his run that he had in, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s was stuff of legends. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember when he played the US Open at Pebble Beach, I think it was in 2000. And he won that shit by like 20 strokes, dude. Oh, like it wasn't nobody close. close. Yep. Nobody close. I'm still stoked that, you know, being at Stanford, I can, you know, go in and play the course that he's built. Um, yeah. I still haven't played it yet, but uh, <laughs> I, I, will definitely, I will definitely get there. Um, and yeah, I, I just want to make sure that I'm good enough to play that course. Like I'm, I'm decent. I'm, I, I'm, I'm solid, but. I mean, the Stanford course is, it's a difficult course. So I want to yeah, make sure yeah. I'm confident before I go and. Uh, and I don't think people realize that, like that. how dominant Tiger Woods is because now we look at golf and, you know, it's so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very, uh, like, there's a lot of good players and there's a lot yeah. of good players because of Tiger. Like, absolutely. Well, did you all see those today? guys look up to Tiger? Not what happened. Uh, they went to six extra round or six extra holes today because it was uh, it was tied through 18. Cantalay beat Deshambo through six extras today, so they played 24 holes. Surprised Deshambo uh, made it that long. A, or, he has his he has his weeks. Um, you know where yeah, he's but he has like no play. short game, dude. Oh man! And yesterday he had a he had a tough day. He hit a couple balls into the water that, uh, of course, he was blaming on the mud. But like no fool, you just shanked it. 
but uh you always got excuses exactly exactly but hey i mean when you can hit it that far it's uh you know that takes yeah, off it gives you an advantage dude you know yep. what i mean yeah, all right let's move on let's move on to baseball and the golf talk no one wants to hear anything about golf <laughs> uh all right I, so I a do. lot of stuff going on with major league baseball right now but the biggest stories obviously the yankees scorching hot 13 wins in a row before losing two in a row to oakland this weekend um you know what's your thoughts on on the yankees right now and moving forward I mean, it's it's incredible how much of a turnaround that they've had since the All Star break. I mean, you you look at a team that was pre All Star break forty six and forty three, so just over five hundred, and now they're hitting thirty and ten. Like they've had an outstanding end of July nine and five, but then August twenty, well twenty one and six because they lost today, twenty one and six, and you know to to have such a turnaround with, I mean injuries here and there at the start of the season but nothing majorly drastic um it's you know something's going on out in new york and you know it's it's going great for the yankees horrible for the mets but like it's well aaron judge has really turned it on yeah you know that that's been a huge thing that i've noticed is you know, this weekend, up until the night, especially in the A series, you know, Judge was hot, dude. I think he hit like three home runs, had like eight RBIs in the series. Mm-hmm. You know, so when the center of your lineup is doing good, and really all this started turning around when they added uh, Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo, two yeah. great left-handed bats, right? Yeah. Because before that, they didn't have any lefties, really. So you could just go out there and throw righties um, all day, and they had no one to – really put any pressure no one to protect the the uh Aaron judges of the world and Stanton has been inconsistent all year mm-hmm. he has been really good lately too obviously still has a ton of power but really their pitching has been very good in the second half of the year and I mean these are dude these are jags too you know I mean we saying? also have to we also have to look at it too I mean the end of July was a little bit more difficult but I mean, August was not a hard schedule for them, too. They're playing Miami. They're playing Baltimore, Kansas City. I mean, that's City, just how it lines Seattle. up sometimes, though, you know? Like, yeah. Um, you know, Minnesota, Atlanta. Um, you know, so I, I think we've got to take a look at, at part of the schedule being, you know, very beneficial for them and teams that are struggling when they're playing the Yankees um, is a huge benefit. But they also have a they have a pretty easy, easy schedule moving forward too. So they're getting teams that are, are not playing well right now. I mean, going into they September, Baltimore in their fucking division, dude. Yeah. You know, then blue Jays are, are slumping right now. Then they go to the Mets and Mets are, they're a whole nother story right now. Baltimore again, um, Cleveland, Texas, uh, Toronto again, like they have maybe six, five or six more games this season that are difficult so i mean it's it's all uphill for me um you know looking at this yankee schedule here yeah i mean the yankees are gonna make the playoffs yep which you know halfway through the year i was very much questioning i didn't think it was gonna be a that was gonna be a little bit of struggle however i don't think they're gonna go far in the playoffs because they don't have the pitching outside of garrett cole Very Um, very true their, their starting rotation outside of Cole is very, very sketchy. I mean, 
Tyon has, has been pitching very well, gave up six earned runs in four innings against the A's on Thursday. So yeah. I think that's more of where he is rather than, you know, what he was pitching against the teams you were talking about before. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't see them making any noise outside of getting into the playoffs. Although the AL, the playoff teams do seem to have, you know, their weaknesses, right? Uh, you know, the Rays, their pitch, their starting pitching is kind of banged up right now. The Astros, they've been very inconsistent all year. They probably have the best starting rotation of all the playoff teams going forward. Well, besides the A's, if the A's make the playoffs, they probably have the best starting rotation. Yeah. But if they don't, it would probably be the Astros and then the Rays. So I do think that the AL could be a toss-up because the White Sox, they're relying on Lance Lynn, who's kind of coming back down to earth, career jag, by the way, coming down to earth now. He got banged up for his last, like three out of his last four starts, he's gotten roughed up. Mm. No, I mean, I think in the East, Cleveland, or sorry, uh, Chicago definitely has the best pitching staff. Um, and the way that they're playing right now, I know you, you know, love your Jags, but um, well, Lance is you a know, Jag, dude. Uh, given the situation there, but he's playing out of his mind this year. He is, and he, but, and but his last playing well, and but his last his last five starts, Benny is. Even since the All Star break, he is coming down to earth a lot. These numbers right now. Um, he, got, he got lit up by the Cubs, dude. He gave up like six runs to the Cubs. They suck. They traded everybody. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Not uh, not disagreeing with that whatsoever. Um, so I'm just trying to pull up his second uh, half of the season, dude. First half of the season, one point nine nine ERA. Second half, three point eight. But again, 3.8 is still not horrible. It's not good. It's not Cy Young. It's not 1.99. It's not Cy Young. Absolutely. But I mean, 1.99 is like unhittable. Come on. Baseball reference. Let's go. Why are you taking my. Because you should know this. Oh, yeah. Let me know Lance Lynn's, uh, Lance Lynn's splits. Um... I just told you them. You said like two games, the first half versus the second. No, half. I'm, looking, yeah, I'm said, looking at like months and and everything there. I mean, this August, okay, it wasn't great, but it wasn't. I mean, it's not bad. Four point six seven ERA. What do you mean it wasn't bad? I mean, again, look at the. I mean, look at the rest of the pitchers in this league, though. You're you've got. Uh, I mean, August has not been great to pitchers and a lot of these numbers are inflated because of the whole sticky situation that we had in the first half of the year so oh, so you're saying that he was it, cheating in the first half and now he's not every pitcher was cheating in the first half every not single one okay okay every single cheat. one was using we only take steroids tap. dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> every single one was uh was was doing sticky tack there so and he's only had one start in in august um no he no, had sorry, five one, starts one decision he has, um, yeah, he's oh and one he didn't even get a win dude 
Oh shit, my my guy. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, bro. Dude, the baseball universe never lies, dude. It always will come back to earth, dude. That Ben, you gotta baseball is that one sport, dude, that you cannot the numbers never lie in baseball. You can have ever. good years. Absolutely, you can have good years. Look at uh, look at the Giants. <laughs> That's yeah, but point. they haven't but slowed down. They they haven't, but they are because their starting pitching kind of slowed down. Now their offense is taking over. Now watch their it's all going to come down to earth towards the end of the year. And they're going to be first. They're not even going to win the division. And then they're not going to win the wild card game. And I'm going to tell you, I told you so. The numbers never lie in baseball. They'll definitely win the wild card game. I'm not sure about that first series, though, against the Dodgers. I don't know if they'll win the wild wild card game, dude. Although the Reds, man, dude, the Reds just lost two or three to the Marlins, dude. What the fuck is up with that shit? (laughs) India is playing hell of a hell of a game uh, or or did play a hell of a series um, over this last weekend. So that makes me want to think that he's going to get AL Rookie of the Year. Or sorry, NL. Oh, he's he's NL the rookie of the year. Easy, dude. Yeah. Who else is going to challenge him? It was the pitcher from who was it? Pitcher from Miami. No, that was uh, Thompson. Zach Thompson was up there. Ian Anderson of the Braves, who beat the Giants today. But Ian Anderson was hurt for like a month, so he really doesn't have like a ton of starts under his belt because of that. So that's going to hurt him. Who are we talking about? We did that that preview on who we were guessing it was going to be. Uh, I mean, I definitely think it's going to be India, though. Yeah, I, at this point, I definitely think uh, I think India's got it. He's uh, Trevor Rogers. Yeah, Trevor Rogers and uh, Gavin Lux. If he didn't get hurt too, he would have had a good shot at it too. Yeah, absolutely. Did he play enough games last year to? Uh, he's still considered a rookie this still year. Rookie this year, okay. He might even be considered a rookie next year because he's hasn't played in a minute yeah he's coming back i think it'll it'll all be on how many uh how many games he gets here at the end of the year well now the thing is is they they added trey turner so where's he gonna he he can't even play now he's like a backup is it starts or is it uh yeah you have to be on the field because he's listed for listed for i mean he's listed for 85 games this year oh yeah so he's he's gonna lose his rookie status yeah 23 in 2019 19 and 2020 all right before we move on we gotta we gotta move on um the padres and angels bro we gotta talk about these two teams so we talked about the yankees they're really hot angels have been dog shit all year but they have one of the highest payrolls in all of baseball, top five payrolls. So do the Padres. I mean, the, yeah. the Padres, they've literally been building their team to beat the Dodgers, and then the Giants come along. <laughs> the Giants yeah. are like, you take a seat over here. We're going to do Hi our guys, work. I'm here. Don't forget about me. I mean, dude, what and, – and obviously, um, you know, the, the Padres have been – you know, they've had some bad luck along the way. They've had a lot of injuries, right? Clevenger obviously hasn't pitched a single game this year. The rotation in shambles right now. They don't even have Musgrove. They don't have uh, – who else is hurt now? True Pomeranz. Oh, my God, yep. dude. Attic, Lamette, 
like uh, a lot of as well. Wittenger, Pomeranz, Strom, like they're, and I think that's the biggest issue with really both of these teams. Um, you know, the, the angels, I don't think you can say as much because I just think, I don't think they have as deep of a team as San Diego has, but it's it, it really for San Diego, it comes down to their, their pitching injuries. Um, they built such a good rotation at the end of last year, you know, through the trade deadline and, you know, again, just added more on in this off season and, you know, they, they just lost all their depth through injuries. And I think that's the biggest, you know, biggest issues here is if they had that defense to, you know, keep the, you know, keep that score low against, uh, you know, their opposing teams, you know, they don't have to rely so much on Tatis hitting the long ball on, you know, smart offensive plays. And, you know, they just, their offense, I think, is their their weaker point. And, you know, if everybody's healthy here, um, which is also kind of crazy to say when you have uh, Tatis on your, in your offense, because he's probably one of the best offensive players in the league. Yeah, I mean, dude, their offense is still really good, dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I shouldn't say really good. I should say that the names on there should make them really good. Yeah. However, they haven't been that great. Um, and I think I think that as a team, they're probably putting a ton of pressure on themselves because they do have these expectations, dude. You have a $175 million payroll. You yep. literally were building this team to take out the Dodgers. And here you are. You might not even make the playoffs. Yep. They've been the worst team since the All-Star break. Um, I mean, this has been embarrassing. The, yeah, they can turn around and say, yeah, we have all these injuries. Look at these injuries. Yeah, But still, when you have a $175 million payroll, look at the Dodgers. Dude, the Dodgers have had injuries all year. Yep. I mean, the yeah. Dodgers just, still went, making it, making they just went three straight games starting relief pitchers. Well, As starters, but again, I think it's it's the the defensive side of it. Um, you know, you look at at LA as they are putting up those offensive numbers, and so is San Diego. But on the defensive side, you've got LA having a plus two hundred nine differential compared to a plus sixty eight uh, differential in San Diego. So when your when your defense isn't allowing, you know, I'm sorry when your defense isn't covering for your offense, when they're, you know, when they're putting up runs, you're not going to win games. It's going to be, you know, everything's going to be a close game because, you know, you, you can't stop the runs. And that's right. the biggest issue that San Diego has been putting up is that they just, I mean, they can put up seven runs, but they're letting eight go, you know, and that's, you know, that's a major issue. You, they don't have that top closer, you know, Melanson, Eh. um you know he's he started off incredible but then really the last you know five years or so even if his time in his time in san francisco was horrible um right. and it's just been you know on the downhill tread i don't think you can rely on a a, a closer like that well, well melanson was an all-star this year with sticky tack oh this fucking guy dude <laughs> no, no but i mean we've seen a downhill tr- like downhill tra- trajectory with Melanson. Well, I think we the problem with Melanson is that he's thrown way too many innings, dude. 
he doesn't have the confidence like he used to have. Um, yeah, his inning numbers are, are probably high. Um, but, I mean, I don't trust him. I had such high hopes from him. And just – Well, I mean, you have a, you know, a very biased opinion on him because he did suck for the Giants. But, I mean, he had I – mean, look at his – But he hasn't his, even been bad on the second – He's been hella good this year. He had a 1.77 ERA in the beginning in the first half of the season. Now he has a 2.55, which is still good. It's not bad when he stretches the imagination. I mean, the guys pitch fucking but when you're when you're a lights out closer, innings. when you're making I mean, how much is he making? He's on a huge contract right now. Nah, there's no like, way, dude. I'll tell you exactly what his salary is right now. Okay, so this is the three million dollars. This is the end of his contract. But look at last year, and this is the whole. This is his contract. It was fourteen at fourteen twenty, and then yeah, but like nine nine. He wasn't good then. Now he's getting three million dollars. Five million next year. Like, if you're a closer, if you're a closer in this game, if you're a closer for a top team like San Diego, you know, I think you should be having a better ERA than 2.5. I, I think closer should be up there. I think closer should be. He has a 2.03 ERA this year. Nah, dude. Uh, under a two ERA is like asking like a ton. I mean. Oh, uh, runs allowed per nine. Sorry, that's what I was. I looking. think if, dude, if you're, if you're a sub, three era pitcher dude you're pretty fucking good for, i mean you're for for a closer though yeah because you're that means you're giving up you know less than three runs per nine innings so that means you're giving up like less than one run every i mean you're basically giving up a run every what four outings three and a half outings i mean dude you can't ask a dude to like never give up a run dude that's like impossible i want to these are professional hitters I mean, dude, Mariano Rivera, what, his ERA <laughs> wasn't always that great either. Guy was fucking lights out, but 2.21 <laughs> ERA, dude. Come on, Over ben. his whole career. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he only had, like, he had some years. Yeah, I mean, he had a lot of years sub two ERAs, but. And Melanson I mean, it's just, as well. It's just, he's not, to me. It's crazy because Mariano Rivera only threw one pitch, too. That's true. <laughs> Very true. And Melanson did too. I mean, 2016, 1.8, 20, oh, sorry. Uh, well, 1.51 with Pittsburgh and 1.82 with uh, uh, Washington. You look at, um, you know, it's 2014, 1.9, 2013, 1.13. It's crazy. And then he gets to San Francisco, 4.5, 3.23. Bastard, they've been trouble. They've been trouble, but we got to move on, dude. We've been we're almost an hour into the show right now. We got a lot more to oh, cover, so let's uh let's take a break real quick. Get a word from one of our taproom sports affiliates. We'll hop right back in here. We got to talk Jake Paul, Woodley, and we got poor me another. Plus, we got our best bet. So stay tuned, stay locked. We'll be right back. It's NFL season, and that means it's time to gamble on football. Don't worry about spending endless nights researching games. We've got you covered. I'm Big Ball and Ben Larson. And I'm Jordan Stacks on Stacks on Stacks, lads. And I'm Steady, Eddie Martin. And we are the APR Podcast. 
Join us every Thursday morning as we dive in and handicap every game of the upcoming week. Impress your friends and family with your newfound knowledge of NFL football. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll see you all there. I call it the annexation. All right, we are back. Make sure to go check out APR. That's the annexation of Puerto Rico podcast. It is a great one this week. We're going to be reviewing all the different awards for the upcoming season, but it is time to get back to beer. You had that really, really heavy one, that triple to start things off. Did you finish? And uh, what's beer number two? I did finish beer number two. I'm going with a lead. I'm going with a lead dog brewing company. This is another uh, brewing company I've had a few of. Um, it's out of San Diego, California. Or is it out of? It no, is out Reno. of San Diego. Oh, it's out of Sparks. Sparks. Sorry, Sparks, Nevada. Yeah, Reno. Sparks. They're. <laughs> They're the right next to each other. Yeah. This is the Savage Trip Tropical Milkshake Sour. So this is an ale fermented with passion fruit, guava, and hibiscus. So looking forward to this. I haven't taken a sip yet. Oh, definitely smells tropically. Yeah, it's like looks like a Bloody Mary kind of, yeah. but it's like an orangish reddish color. Yeah. What are you sipping on? Um, so I'm doing another Barrel Brothers. I had this the other night uh, when I was drinking that Trends, and that was uh, that was super good. Um, this one is uh, this one I I bought because of the can art. Not gonna lie. Um, and this is called Big Pulps, huh? Um, and it's an IPA. It is a pulpy IPA brewed with tangerine and pineapple. Um, it looks exactly like a uh, you know the big gulps. Uh, oh, yeah. like can or um, uh, you know big cup and uh it's it's the the line from um dumb and dumber hey guys <laughs> big gulps huh well see you later and it even does have that well see you later on the bottom um nice dude great line from the movie and uh did you know that that move that was to see if the um the extras would say a line because if they say a line they get paid like double or triple so Jim Carrey was trying to get them to say a line so they'd be able to get like payment, but that's why they just do the head nod there is because they're not supposed to speak. So interesting. <laughs> yeah. Did not know that, dude. Yep. You learn something new every day, as they Damn say. Damn straight. Damn straight. This smells incredible too. Uh 6.7, so it's not too big either. That's pretty heavy. Yeah. It's not bad though. Seems normal now for IPAs. That's true. That is true. All right, let's move into the five minute clinic. If you're new to the show, this is a segment we spent five minutes on. Hopefully, we spend five minutes on this segment today. May go a little bit over, but we're talking Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Uh, You know, this is a fight I didn't really have a lot of expectation moving into. Uh, It kind of actually was how I thought it was going to end up. But I have a lot to sound off on. But let me let's hear your take first, Ben. Like, what what did you think of this fight? What do you think of this, uh, you know, Jake Paul saga, the Paul brothers? Like, dude, what is going on? I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I hate how we're giving a even bigger platform for these social media idiots to, uh, you know, to to step up on. Um, He's not, they're both, uh, Jake and Logan, um, they're both not fighters. And, you know, for people to be talking like they are, um, for all of this, 
you know, Shara that he's a 4-0 fighter. It's just, it's, it's crap. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised. I wanted Woodley to, you know, beat the hell out of him. I wanted him to get that knockout. But, you know, like you said, you know, I'm not surprised with the way that it, it ended up. Um, you know, a split decision with a, a point differential, basically, um, is, to me, that's exactly what it was drawn up to. Um, Woodley looked like he didn't care in the first two rounds um wasn't attacking wasn't doing anything and then that final round it's like you had an opportunity to to get a win and you just kind of sat back you weren't as dominant on your punches like you were the you know the three rounds before uh, let's follow a script even more huh yeah i mean i mean i don't want to say it was scripted i don't think it was necessarily scripted but i definitely think tyron woodley got paid more money to not knock Jake Paul out because let's be honest, dude, Jake Paul at this point is a cash cow for these promotion companies because yep. they keep peddling this shit because everybody wants to see Jake Paul get knocked out. Keeps yep. fighting, you know, wrestlers, mixed martial artists. He hasn't, fought a, yeah, he hasn't fought a boxer yet. But I mean, Tyron Woodley, like, let's face it. He's definitely the best fighter he's fought so far. Yep. And in that fourth round, he dominated that fourth round. I mean, knocked his ass out cold. After he knocks him down, he didn't even go for the for the knockout. Like he like literally just like backed up and was yep. like the rest of the round, he was very hesitant on fighting. The next round, Jake Paul, this man looks gassed as fuck. This dude was fucking running backwards the whole fight. I've never yep. seen a guy win a fight while fighting backwards the whole fight, dude. Like yeah. in my life, I've never seen it. And I've been watching fighting for a very long time. And if you listen to the broadcast, literally, they were every punch that Woodley landed, they wouldn't even say anything. Jake Paul would land something. Oh, Jake Paul with the right hand. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, they needed Jake Paul to win that fight because they need to promote the next one. What also was funny to me was when they interviewed Jake Paul after and they asked him who's to who is he gonna fight next he was very hesitant on naming anybody or even getting to that he said i'm gonna take some time to myself etc which probably means he's gonna have an opponent in a week but it's probably not gonna be a good one yeah the thing uh, what i'm trying to say is that this shit from the beginning woodley got paid extra money not to not to knock his ass out because he could have at numerous points dude in this mm -hmm. fight could have knocked his ass out and didn't yeah and then when they like hugged at the end and shit like dude that shit told me all i needed to know bro this shit was all a fucking money ploy dude oh yeah and it, then it, when the moms hugged and, nah. yeah it's all a money ploy 100 percent. there's no questions about that um and you know same with barstool barstool having their you know their betting table there the guy went oh and four and then wins that last oh and you know, eight they went well, yeah, to combine, they both went they, before that last fight. They both picked uh, Paul for the win. Um, but, uh, or maybe they picked, no, they picked Paul for a knockout. So they were both 0 and 5. Yeah. Um, like, again, just a, a huge ploy to get people, you know, to, to go on their betting sites. Um, well, dude, Barstool is the worst, man. Barstool is the worst book in the world, dude. Yeah. If you actually want to make money, do not follow Barstool Sports because they literally suck you in by making you dumber 
and they get you in on these plays that if you bet $50 on Steelers money line plus 150 in a preseason game where we're going to rest all the starters, you get a free sweatshirt, yep. even though we know you're going to lose. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, because that's their, their sweatshirt costs them what five dollars ten dollars yeah and then you Not get a 50 10. yeah you get forty dollars on top of that because it's just going to barstool so i mean it's a, it's a great <laughs> it's a great money grab but that's all it is it's a it's a money grab so i think the biggest i think the bigger thing about this too and i want to go on hella long but this is literally a slap in the face to boxing dude oh absolutely absolutely i'm actually starting like, to enjoy boxing too I'm not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah, boxing, boxing's a great Real sport, boxing. dude. Real boxing is fun. Yeah, boxing's a great sport. And the reason why you know the, the casual or average fan doesn't really follow boxing is because uh it's not really promoted as much except for the big fights, True. right? And this is technically considered a big fight. I guarantee millions of people watch this fight, but you could watch like a uh top-ranked boxing fight every Saturday night on ESPN, and it's better boxing yeah. than this, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm talking some great boxing. Yeah. ESPN, yeah, you should throw a, me some money for saying that. This was a joke. This was yeah, an absolute this, joke tonight. Shit was an absolute joke, man. I yeah. feel I feel bad for the sport of boxing, dude. <laughs> Muhammad Ali's rolling in his, gra- uh, his grave tonight. Maybe That's at 11%. That <laughs> yeah. That's at 11% talking. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, our Pour Me Another section for all y'all out there. This is our TMZ aspect aspect of the show. I only had a 4.5%. I should be talking fine. Um, but uh, these are these are going to be a couple points that we want to uh, just kind of touch on and uh, make sure that they get, uh, they get into the show. So we're going to start it off with the man, the legend, Mr. Tony Hawk himself. He donated Birdman. a... Yeah, he donated a, a vial of his blood as part of a, a collaboration with a water company, uh, Liquid Death to produce a hundred skateboards and what they did was they they poured his blood into red paint and then they used that red paint to paint the boards um but uh they painted a hundred skateboards um sold out instantly but i gotta ask did you find one did you get your hands on one bro i didn't and the reason being is because i didn't see that this happened until after the fact Oof. And, and literally, I, I didn't see it till like the night after it happened. So if yeah. I saw this right then and there, dude, I definitely would have tried to grab a board for sure. Yep. I mean, the Birdman is like a childhood hero of mine, dude. Like, Absolutely. I watched that dude do the 900, the first 900 ever in skateboarding. I saw it live. I was there in person as a fucking 10 year old kid. Yeah, I would have I would have tried to get two. I mean, you got to keep one because of the absolute like the, we grew up probably watching him and then i mean they were 500 bucks a piece so not not cheap and not expensive but you know that they're selling for you know 10 grand right now at oh, least yeah. at Usually. least so flip the other um you know and you know you're you're good to go but man what a weird and creepy concept though putting blood into our paint really yeah okay definitely strange Definitely strange. All right. Uh, today we saw Javi Baez, today being Sunday, we saw Javi Baez give a double thumbs down to Mets fans after booing one of his strikeouts. Well, I, he got he actually hit a home run and then gave the thumbs down during his home run trot because they've been booing. 
In post-game interviews, Javi talked about the disrespect he feels from the booze. Mets president Sandy Alderson, who's an Oakland legend, by the way, was pissed and said such gestures were unacceptable and will not be tolerated. Are you on Javi Baez's side or Sandy Alderson's side? I'm going to say neither. I'm on the fan side. I mean, I'm, I'm totally fine with them booing him um, and, and booing the Mets for, you know, the, the games that they're just throwing away. Um, you know, they've got a huge payroll. They brought in great players and they have no offense. I mean, we, we saw them being called out already this year and, um, you know, and, and still not making an impact in their you know offensive numbers here. Um, so I'm I'm okay with the fans booing. Um, I'd say I'd say I'd probably lean more towards the Sandy Alderson, um, where you don't disrespect your fans because they're paying your salary. So if they want to boo, they can boo. Yeah, I mean booing is whatever, dude. It's when you like start throwing shit and yeah. like you know personally trying to you know death threats and yeah death threat yeah all that kind of shit that's like way that's going way too far um i mean but i also think coffee bias should be able to tell the fans like yo fuck you dude you know what i mean like that's his right too i do think cindy alderson has a point like i don't think that's good business (laughs) but but he does have the right i i feel like he has the right to do that i mean dude like if I'm Javi Baez and I'm Francisco Lindor and these other Mets players, like, at, I think the most, the more frustrating part, if I'm a Mets fan, is that none of these players are willing to, like, live up to how bad they've been. Yeah. Like, they haven't been good. And, like, you're going to get booed, especially when you're, like, Francisco Lindor, who's getting paid, like, you know, $30 million a year to fucking play baseball and you're batting 212 and you're not playing good like dude, this is new york you're talking about like they're crazy yeah. ass fans dude they're gonna boo you bro like and you I'm need su- to be able to handle that yep and i'm surprised that it was also coming from hobby being a player that just got traded to the mets um and you know who knows how long he's actually gonna be in new york and to be giving you know the fans a reason well, he's to a free you. agent at the end of the year okay he probably won't be that makes more sense but yeah but yeah to give fans a reason to hate you that's not a good look in my opinion not at all all right and let's move to our last one of the week we we saw some uh some horrible play uh repping i guess so on saturday worst replay i think we've seen in baseball um and really replays have been a controversy you know recently but we saw starling Marte um called out at third base in the a's yankees game when i mean the throw over to third the the third baseman who was it uh who's at third um odor odor that's right um so made the catch but his foot definitely fell off third base um he, Marte was clearly safe you know anybody who had working eyes could tell that he was never touching third base but MLB went to the replay center and the call of out was upheld and confirmed um so how do you think baseball and how do you think all sports fix this because it's happening all over the place 
Yeah, I mean, this was first touch call talking about this call. I mean, this was the worst replay I've ever seen in my life because they literally went to replay and they still didn't like overturn it. That's the whole point of replay is to overturn a mistake. I get the ones you don't overturn because you don't have enough evidence, but there was zero evidence that he even touched the bag. Like you could literally tell he didn't touch the bag at all. On all replay angles, you could tell he didn't touch the bag. So for me, for them not to overturn this is a huge, is a major issue, major yeah. issue, because that play could have had major implications on the game. I mean, the guy was at third base. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. With one out, which made it two outs. So in situations like this, I'm like, why don't we have audio of what's going on in the replay center, audio and video? Because at this point, with sports gambling being more legal, and it goes so you know what happened with this Jake Paul fight fight tonight, dude, is you know people are throwing their money out here and gambling high stakes, dude, mm. and you can overturn a call like that, and that yeah. changes the implication of a game. And for this Paul Woodley fight, you know it was pretty rigged the whole time, but. In these games like MLB, NFL, NBA, which are supposed to be like true to the sport, um, integrity, they push all this integrity shit. Like, why do we not at this point have video and audio of the replay centers? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. I mean, you can throw NHL in there. Um, you know, we just had that controversy this year where you had the the ref saying, "No, I wanted to get this team a penalty early," um, and that's that's manipulating the game. That's the uh, you know causing people to lose their money and that's a that's a major issue i mean we just had a i messaged you today while i was watching the giants game there was another replay that was it was close it looked like the player was out um i mean i can understand them saying that yeah there might not have been enough to overturn it but hearing that from new york hearing that from the groups who are reviewing it would do so much more into the reasoning why they said no um that this wasn't out and you know to me it's it's probably they don't want us to hear because they're covering their own asses so you know it's especially uh, is like these leagues like the nfl and nba they're becoming more involved in the sports gambling aspect yeah so that that causes some issues as well because obviously they have their own interests, you know? Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Let's move on. All right, all right, all right, all right. It's that best time of the week. It's that best time of the night. It's that time for best bets. Last week, we did, we did not have many best bets. <laughs> Last week we went 0 for 4, which is honestly the worst week we've had in a long time. But we're going to bounce back, dude, because we always do. We bounce back. We win money. We did it on Square Sharks. We're going to do it this week as well. So last week, Ben went 0 and 2, as did I. Both 0 and 2. Yep. Which sucks. But 
this week we're gonna bounce back i'm not even gonna mention our bets from last week ben we're just gonna move on and pretend last week never even happened so what are your two best bets this week we can acknowledge that last week happened it it happens but uh but we're moving forward we're definitely moving forward so um to start things off i'm gonna go with uh i'm, I'm sticking with baseball i i gotta do it um we only got a couple more weeks left of this so um i'm gonna go with um la dodgers first five minus a half a run over atlanta um yes atlanta did just come in and and do some work over uh you know over my giants here but uh really the reason i'm doing this is because of the starting pitchers um and the the pitcher for the dodgers is uh is urias and if we look at his last two months he has been outstanding absolutely outstanding uh through july a 2.3 era through august 8.9 era um and then we look at um uh, Smiley, who's going to be on the hill, who is throwing a 5.21 uh, ERA over over August, 3.33 over July. So not as bad in July, but um, his August was not pretty, not pretty at all. Um, away, Smiley is also throwing a 4.59, while Urias is throwing a 3.8 at home. So um, I think we can go, you know, easily we can take that first five minus half a run for LA. And second, we're going to go Boston and Tampa Bay. We're going to go over eight and a half runs. Um, we've got Pepeta and Patino on the hill. Both are, are pushing 4.5 ERAs. Um, you know, over the year, Pepeta has a 4.57 and Patino has a 4.53. Um, both of these guys have uh, have been allowing a lot of runs recently. Um, you look at Pepeta's last... Uh, three games and he's allowed eight runs. Um, you look at Patino's last three games and he has allowed eight runs. Um, so I think we can definitely, um, oh no, excuse me. Uh, Paveda has allowed nine runs over the last three and those are low inning pitches. You've got four innings, one and two thirds and six innings. Um, Patino has gone a little bit longer, six, six and three. Um, so, you know, they've, they've been allowing a lot of runs in uh, in not so many innings. Um, so even though these are two teams that don't necessarily put up, well, actually they do put up a lot of offensive runs here. Um, Tampa Bay is second in the league. Boston is fourth uh, putting up runs. So I think we can we can easily say eight and a half over is going to be. Nice, man. I like that one. Um, so my two best bets, I'm actually going with your in your Giants game. I'm going first uh, bet, I'm going Milwaukee, San Francisco, no runs in the first inning. Um, you know, Brandon Woodruff's on the mound. He doesn't give up a ton of runs. And on the flip side, the Brewers don't hit a ton of runs. So I'm going with Woodruff on the mound, not giving up a run. And then the Brewers not getting a run. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you know who who's starting for the Giants, though? Cueto, but he did pitch no earned runs in his last game against the Mets. Mets, very similar offense to the Brewers. I know we could say what we want about the Mets. Brewers, not a good offense. I mean, they got shut out by Albers, who hadn't pitched in four years. That's true. I was not happy <laughs> And the, the Brewers really win their games at the end of the, at the end of games. Yeah. You know, they, they beat up on bullpens, so... I like Milwaukee, San Francisco, no runs in the first inning. My second best bet is going to be over 65 and a half points for Ohio State versus Minnesota on Thursday. 
This should be a barn burner. Ohio State has a rookie quarterback this year. Um, obviously, uh, Justin Fields in the NFL this year. However, did I say rookie quarterback? I meant new quarterback. Yeah. CJ Stroud, who's a redshirt freshman, but has a ton of talent. He's a five-star recruit. Obviously, they're Ohio State. They, Ohio State also has two of the best wide receivers in all of college football. Minnesota, on the other side, they're returning the most starters of any Division One program Damn. to an already good offense, only losing Rashad Bateman, who didn't even play last year. So I expect a high-scoring game here at Minnesota, opening night, fans in the stadium. The line is at minus 14. I would lean Ohio State there, but I love the over 65 and a half. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, there's no way we're going 0-4 again. So, 4-0 nope. no, no well, sounds good. No. I like it. But, uh, man, it is time to move back to our beers. You had the two beers, uh, one from Lead Dog, one from Revision. So, you're going out of Reno tonight. Tell me how that sucker was, sucker. <laughs> uh, it was good, man. I've been waiting to do that. I've been waiting. <laughs> so, I had that other triple IPA from Magnum Brewing Company before, which was yeah. the NBA Jam one. This triple IPA was a lot better. Nice. You know, sorry, Magnum. I apologize, but this one was easier to, this one was an easier one to drink, mm-hmm. although still very strong and it hits you hard, much easier to drink than that Magnum one. That Magnum one was very, very difficult to put down because it's yeah. very strong. Um, this Lead Dog Savage Sour IPA. It's good. Definitely not the best milkshake sour IPA I've had. Um, so for the revision triple IPA, sorry, I didn't give a score. I'm going to go, I'm going to go four out of five. I would drink it again. It's a triple IPA. So I would definitely not drink it every day. I would not suggest anybody drinking it every day, drinking on occasion, get a can, split it with a homie. Yep. The Savage dog, or I mean the Savage by lead dog. It's a good one. I'm going to give it a 3.5 out of 5. I would drink it again. I definitely probably would not buy it again, though. Mm, okay. okay. Um, so I had the uh, I had the local, and then I had the um, the Bear, Barrel Brothers, which is out of uh, pretty pretty local. This is out of Windsor, California, in Sonoma County, um, so a couple hours north from here. Um, but uh, we're going to start with the Hoppus. This was the Barbie's Blonde. Um, and this was a blonde ale coming in at 4.5%. I'm going to give this one a 4.5, um, you know, to, to match the alcohol percentage here. It was an outstanding beer. Um, part of the reason why I brought it to the podcast. Sorry, this isn't a blind, uh, blind taste for me on this one. Um, but, um, it is, it's absolutely outstanding. It's a beer that you can drink perfect for summer afternoons. Um, when it's, when it's nice and hot, I mean, man, I think it was, uh, you know, 92 out here today in, in San Jose. So it was, uh, it was delicious this afternoon. Um, it's a, a nice and crisp beer, um, you know, a little bit malt heavy. You don't get anything, you know, really hoppy through this beer. Uh, and, you know, it's something that I could just imagine, not necessarily pounding, but drinking at a pool um, and loving life with it. So 4.5 out of five, great job, Hoppus. You never let me down. Um, but uh, the Barrel Brothers, this was the Big Pulp, huh? Um, and this was the Hazy IPA. Um, very hazy. Um, it's, a, it's a heavy beer to drink just because it's, it's thick. Um, 
it's got great taste. The uh, tangerine and pineapple really come out both in the nose and in the taste. Um, and I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, another great hitter from Barrel Brothers. Uh, I'm going to give this one a 4.25. It's uh, that 6.7, I think is right on the mark, but it, it's, it's a, it's a full beer. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be full after drinking this. You can only drink one, maybe two, if you're sipping on it for a long time. Um, so great beer. I will definitely get it again. Um, outstanding can art to put it up on our Instagram page and our Facebook, but uh, man. Good stuff. I had I had two outstanding beers today. I'm I'm super happy. Nice man. Love you. Hell yeah. But everybody out there, thank you for listening to the Taproom Sports Podcast. We will be back next week. I mean, we're going to be back during the week. We're going to be doing uh, APR on Thursdays as Jordan and I are joined by Steady Eddie to talk about our off-season awards. We're going to be looking at Rookies of the Year. We're going to be looking at uh, MVPs, who we think are going to be winning the divisions, the conferences, and then the Super Bowl itself. Then we've got Square Sharks out multiple times a week where Jordan and I discuss a few individual games and we build the bets from those. So make sure to reach out to us. Let us know what games you want us to, uh, you know, to, to look over and to give you some good uh, bets for and we will definitely review those um though that is out what wednesday friday um so you're getting tap room sports podcast network podcast all week long it's beautiful but thank you uh make sure to check us out on instagram at tap room sports podcast you can check out our twitter at tap room underscore sports or you can check out jordan's which is at jordan rules tsp i don't got one deal with it we're uh, we're on Facebook. Just search Taproom Sports Podcast, or you can go to our website www.taproomsportspodcast.com. But that is it. I'm Big Ball and Ben Larson here with Jordan. Stacks on stacks on stacks. That's yes, sir. See you next week.